0: Welcome to The Buzzs, I'm Christopher Conover. This week we ask experts what they see coming in our economic future. It's hard to know where southern Arizona's economic conditions sit right now. The area was quick to recover from the coronavirus-caused downturn that happened in 2020, but it has also been severely impacted by inflation. With many predicting downturns in the economy of the U.S. and possibly much of the world, we wondered how our area would fare in 2023. That brought us to the 20th Economic Outlook Luncheon hosted by the Eller College of Management at the University of Arizona. We start today's show with George Hammond. He's the director of the Eller Economic and Business Research Center and the luncheon's featured speaker. We caught up with Dr. Hammond just before the event got underway at the Westin-La Paloma in North Tucson. You can hear the splashes in the background. It's a beautiful day. So you mentioned right off the bat that the labor market in our area appears to be in favor of the job seeker right now, which should be good news for most people. But then you said any resulting wage gains are not covering increased living expenses. Do you see things getting better Better
1: for the working class here in Southern Arizona. I see things getting different as we go through the next year. We, uh, it looks like the national economy is headed for a recession. It's not guaranteed, but the odds are favoring that at the moment. I think Tucson and Arizona, more generally, is um, probably going to experience a growth slowdown, but but not you know big net job losses. Um, the unemployment rate. If that happens, if job growth does slow, the unemployment rate is going to trend up. But at the same time, we're going to see inflation come down. It looks like inflation, uh, in Phoenix anyway, has, has peaked and begun to come down. We have at least one month of evidence to support that, a couple more months for the national economy. So it's, it's going to feel, I think, uh, similar. You know, uh, the unemployment rate will be a little bit higher, so it'll be a, a little bit harder to, to switch a job or get a new job. But, you know, the good news is that uh, inflation will be eating up a little bit less of, of wage growth as we go through the next year. And as we get into 24, 2024 and 2025, Things are going to get back to, back to normal with, uh, you know, an unemployment rate uh, at a more normal level and inflation back to that 2% of the, with the Fed, which the Fed targets. So why aren't
0: wages keeping up with us expenses, especially when it comes to housing? That's the big one we hear about.
1: Well, this is not unusual for us, the, the economy, to go through periods where inflation is rising faster or slower than, than wage growth. You know, normally, real wages are rising um, at about the level of productivity growth or maybe a little bit higher. But there are periods of disruptions. You know, we're still dealing with the, the residual effects of the pandemic where the, the economy can get out of whack, and it is out of whack at the moment with inflation running so hot. Um, house prices running so high, even though they've peaked and begun to come down, so have rents, so things are getting better. But we're still you know, struggling to get back to a period of where, where these major economic variables like inflation, wage growth are back to their normal pattern and it'll take about another year or two for that to happen. So mild recession in the US, Southern Arizona might do a little better. How'd we get so lucky? Well, the U.S. economy is not in recession at the moment. The U.S. economy is still expanding. Arizona is still expanding, still doing well. The risks are really next year, uh, 2023, uh, for that. You know, Arizona uh, benefits from its climate. Uh, We have a competitive tax and regulatory climate that helps as well. We're also an attractive destination, in part because of the climate and the tax and regulatory uh, climate that uh, that helps us attract businesses and residents from all over the U.S., especially uh, Southern California. And you know, as as expensive as housing has gotten here in Arizona, it's still much cheaper than it is in Southern California. So we're well positioned to continue to draw migrants uh, from uh, from California in general and Southern California in particular.
0: We've seen in the last week or so, some big announcements here in Southern Arizona, especially Pima County, but also up the road in Maricopa County of expansion of businesses or new manufacturing
1: businesses, high tech, all of them relocating. So backing up exactly what you're saying is an attractive place. Absolutely. And manufacturing has really been a bright spot uh, in Arizona in particular. You know, we lost manufacturing jobs early on during the pandemic, as did the nation. But Arizona manufacturing jobs just took off. And we've, you know, regrained the manufacturing jobs that we lost early in the pandemic. And we're way above that now. We're adding those kind of jobs much faster than the national economy. And same as here in in Tucson. Tucson manufacturing jobs are up about 2,000 from where they were before the pandemic began. And with the the recent announcements and a little bit of luck, we may continue to see manufacturing job growth in contrast to to job losses in that sector nationally. Is 2023 going to be a good year for the job seeker? I don't think it'll be as good as we've seen over the past couple of years. Um, I think we'll see job growth slow down and the unemployment rate come up. So it will get a little bit tougher here in Arizona. But compared to uh, the national average, uh, Arizona will be better. We'll see faster job growth and uh, I think a lower unemployment rate. Ever since inflation reared up, obviously, a lot of political talk about it.
0: We've been hearing about various ideas about what's causing it. Has the picture gotten any clearer as this year has moved on and we get ready to move into 23?
1: What caused the inflation? Well, there are common factors that have driven inflation in Phoenix, Arizona, um, and the U.S., and those are related to monetary and fiscal policy, and I, I think and as well as supply chain issues and, and those things we've all been talking about. But what's driven inflation in Arizona so far above the national average is really what's going on in the housing market. You know, those house prices and rents are a huge part of an average household's budget. So when that's rising really rapidly and faster here in Arizona than nationally, that has a big impact in driving our inflation rate above the national average. So, uh, you know, that's a big factor in, in what's going on here in Arizona. We are seeing home prices and rents declining uh, at the moment. They're down, from their peak in Phoenix, they're down about 8.8%. From the peak here in Tucson, they're down about 2.7%. So that's helping to, to pull and in, shelter inflation down and that's dragging the all items, consumer price index down as well.
0: What is it about Arizona and housing prices? It seems like if there's a peak nationally, there's really a peak in Arizona. We always seem to be leading and maybe that
1: isn't great. Well, it's good if you're selling, but not if you're buying. Part of it is, is that Arizona you know, has historically Uh, population growth here has been driven by net migration uh, to a great degree. Uh, That's become even more true over the past couple of years because natural increase, just that annual difference between births and deaths has been falling. So migration is even more important to our population growth. And we uh, saw, uh, I think a big increase in migration to the state driven by the pandemic and the shift to remote work. Individuals, particularly in Southern California and other high cost Western metros, If they could uh, work remotely, you know, Arizona is a great destination because the housing is so much cheaper, or it was so much cheaper. Um, So that's part of of the picture. And you know, that's uh, that advantage, that cost of living advantage has really been eroded over the past two years, uh, particularly in Phoenix, which is now has housing affordability lower than Austin, Texas and Denver, Colorado still more affordable than the major metro major markets in california but uh, phoenix in particular has lost a lot of ground and you know tucson has has, had was still fairly affordable but has lost ground as well we talk obviously about phoenix and tucson a lot as the two
0: major metro areas flagstaff metro area being the third one But what about places like Yuma or Cochise County that still have their share of residents?
1: How are things looking out in those areas? Well, what we've seen in terms of housing affordability is that all of the metro areas in the state, and we we only have data for the metro areas, but uh, they have all seen significant declines in housing affordability. It's been um, a little bit less uh, of a decline in the, the markets in the southern part of the state, Um, the markets in the, you know, above the kind of border area have seen bigger declines in housing affordability. So, you know, from that perspective, you know, what we're seeing in Tucson and Phoenix has been also experienced across the state.
0: All right. Well, thanks for spending some time out here, uh, overlooking the mountains in the sun with us. Oh, thank you. It's always a pleasure. That was George Hammond, an economist who studies Southern Arizona at the Eller College of Management at the University of Arizona. TO GET A BROADER LOOK AT ECONOMIC CONDITIONS IN THE COMING YEAR, WE SPOKE WITH THE EVENT'S OTHER FEATURED SPEAKER, GUS Fauchet. HE'S AN ECONOMIST WITH THE ELLER LUNCHEON'S LEAD SPONSOR, PNC FINANCIAL SERVICES. WE HEAR RUMORS AND RUMBLES OF A POSSIBLE RECESSION COMING. WHAT DO YOU THINK?
2: Uh, I think we're likely to get a recession. I don't think the U.S. economy is in recession right now. The labor market is very strong. We're adding 275,000 jobs per month. The unemployment rate is near a 50-year low. Uh, But we have seen the Federal Reserve raise interest rates aggressively to cool off inflation. We're already starting to see a slowdown in the housing market. And I think that softness is going to spread to other industries. I think we'll see the U.S. economy enter into recession in the spring of 2023. It will hopefully be mild. Uh, And then we should start to see some improvement by early 2024. So in a recent video,
0: you noted that the U.S. has recovered all the jobs that were lost during the pandemic and then some. But at the same time, our workforce shrank. So
2: where did all those other workers go? Um, I think a lot of them took early retirement. So perhaps they were in their 60s, early 70s. When the pandemic came along, they just decided to drop out of the labor force. Some of it may be long COVID, uh, people who continue to suffer from COVID symptoms and simply aren't able to work. But I think that this is a structural feature of the U.S. economy. And I think that the the labor market post-pandemic is going to be tighter than the pre-pandemic labor market. So how does that change, that structural change, as you said, in the, the workforce? change the economy of the country going forward? I think it gives workers more bargaining power. So uh, businesses, for example, are pushing to get their workers back into the office. But given the leverage that workers have currently, uh, you know, they're, they're pushing back against that. We've seen very strong wage growth over the past couple of years as employers have been competing for workers and bidding up wages. Now, some of that's going to soften with the recession. Uh, but I think that workers' wages have really benefited from this very tight labor market that we've experienced over the past couple of years.
0: A lot of people also have been focusing on supply chain issues. We certainly saw it during the pandemic and then we've seen it since the pandemic. It seems like it's getting better, but where are we overall and how
2: does that play into all the potential recession coming? Um, I think that the supply chain is slowly getting better. I think the one exception to that is the auto industry, which continues to suffer because of semiconductor shortages. And I think it's gonna take some time still for them to work through their issues. But generally supply chains, although not back to where they were before the pandemic, have gotten better. Uh, That is contributing to a slowdown in inflation for goods. Uh, Services inflation remains elevated because of strong wage pressures. Uh, But you know, I, I think that overall, the supply chain issues are less important for the economy overall now than high inflation, higher interest rates, problems in the housing market that will contribute to a, to a contraction next year.
0: You brought up housing. Arizona high housing market started to come down mm-hmm. a little bit, but how do interest rates typically affect that housing market you mentioned, the Fed playing with interest rates?
2: Uh, we've already seen housing starts fall nationally. We've already seen existing home sales fall nationally. We're starting to see price declines, including price declines in Arizona. Uh, You know, is that 30-year fixed rate mortgage rate has got above 6% from below 3% in in early, late 2021, excuse me. Um, And so those, you know, it's it's more expensive to buy a home now because of the big run-ups in prices because of higher rates. That is weighing on housing activity, and I think that housing will be a big contributor to the recession that we experience next year.
0: And of course, wages, you said their wages are going up, but if housing prices are going up are wages keeping up,
2: Uh, No. I mean, we've seen inflation outpace wage growth over the past year or so. Uh, That is a significant problem for workers, particularly those who are dealing with high rental costs, high costs of home ownership. And so we have seen workers fall behind in recent months. Uh, We do expect that inflation is going to slow over the next couple of years. But with the the slowdown in the labor market with a higher unemployment rate, I think it's going to be a difficult period for workers until the economy starts to pick back up again in 2024.
0: What needs to happen for those workers right now? You said
2: 2024, they'll be fine, but next year sounds like it could be rough. It's going to be a problem, and we are going to see an increase in the unemployment rate. We are going to see job losses as the U.S. economy enters into recession. Uh, it is going to be a difficult period for for workers. Now, fortunately, many people still have money saved up from the pandemic and the stimulus payments, uh, but there's no question but there is going to be some pain involved in the labor market because of job losses and a higher unemployment rate.
0: You mentioned that that higher unemployment rate. Um, are there any particular sectors of the market that you see getting hit more than others with unemployment?
2: Uh, certainly, I think that housing is going to take a big hit. I think that manufacturing generally is going to take a hit. Uh, We've seen layoffs in the tech industry, and I think that those are likely to persist. Uh, On the other hand, I think that demand for services remains pretty strong. We didn't buy as many services coming out of the pandemic. Uh, I think that, interestingly enough, travel tourism, I think, is going to do okay. uh, High-income households are holding on better. They have not been able to, to go out and spend with the pandemic, so I think they're still going to be looking to spend. So I think that's an industry that should hold up better.
0: Well, oh, we're here at La Paloma. There were kids in the pool a couple of minutes ago, so people are still vacationing.
2: That, that's right. I mean, planes are full. Uh, restaurants, it's tough to get a reservation. Uh, you know, hotel rates are up, and, and so certainly that's an area that's been a source of strength. And I think, you know, that normally suffers during downturns. It may take a bit of a hit, but smaller this time around than, than previous recessions.
0: All right. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. Sure thing. That was Gus Fauché, an economist at PNC Financial Services. While we were at the economic forecast luncheon, we spoke with some of the attendees to find out how the economy was going in their world. Here's what they had to say.
3: Yeah, I'm Michael Jansen. I'm economic development strategic account representative for Trico Electric Cooperative. We used to be all rural and now it's Tucson's grown so much that you know it's come into our service territory. So we're you know, we want to be out there a little more visible and, and you know, look to attract some more commercial industry to our areas. Uh, I mean, hopefully that, you know, there's not going to be a big recession. Uh, I mean, I think we expect there's going to be something. Or do you want to call it a recession or soft landing? I mean, it, there's mixed signals in the economy right now, but I think a lot of our fundamentals are still pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful to just hear that construction, housing, you know, isn't Totally collapsed. And what businesses are looking at? We had the big announcement earlier this week, this battery factory that's opening south of the airport. That's a great win uh, for the Tucson area, for southern Arizona. Hi, I'm Jim Toefel with TOFL Den Construction. And I'm Steve Toefel, the original founder of Toefel Den Construction.
1: I'm retired. My world is looking great.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm in construction, and... I am not seeing the signs of a recession yet. We're still getting a lot of calls for new work. Uh, The subs are all very busy. Uh, We're still seeing inflation, so that hasn't subsided. So it's, I keep expecting uh, a shift, but I'm not seeing it yet.
4: Hi, my name is Alex Sepulveda. I am the Assistant Chief of Operations for Northwest Fire District.
1: And I'm Scott Draper. I'm the Assistant Chief of Essential Services with the Northwest Fire District. We were hoping they'd set, you know, have a crystal ball for us because that's, that's kind of <laughs> what we're looking for. Go ahead, Alex.
4: So the most impacted, right, for us in, the, uh, in public safety is the delay in supplies and equipment and parts, right? Uh, but also, like, medical equipment, medical supplies. They, um, they cost more, they take longer to get here.
1: The last go-around, last fiscal year for budgeting, we were very uh, reactive because we didn't see this coming. So now we have a little bit of a heads up. It's, it's getting into budget season, and it's making sure that we're, we're good for the next 12, 18 months.
0: You're listening to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. We're looking ahead to 2023 and hearing predictions of what lies ahead for the southern Arizona economy. Both of our first two guests mentioned housing prices as a major factor in Arizona's above-average inflation rate. Rental prices have started to come down in recent months according to Tucson Association of Realtors data, but they're still up by more than a third from where they were in early 2020. Liz Morales is the director of Tucson's Housing and Community Development Department.
1: In this market, we're seeing a a big displacement of families that are at the lower end of the income spectrum, and some of them do have stable income but just not enough to pay the rents that, that many of the landlords are asking for right now.
0: That clip comes from Housing Crisis, a microcosm, a story that aired in the most recent season of Arizona Illustrated, which airs on our sister station, PBS6. Producer Koich Ni Simone examines a slew of evictions at an apartment complex that was recently bought by Tucson based North Star Management and Consulting, which oversees dozens of properties in Tucson and Phoenix. We sat down with Koich back in July. I began by asking what she learned about increasing rents in Tucson.
4: One of the reasons is that, well, Arizona is one of 36 states that preempts local governments from um, adopting any rent regulation or rent stabilization. So we have people coming here and buying um, the historically cheap real estate and raising rents as much as they want. I first learned about Kevin Easterly, who was a California real estate developer. The Arizona Daily Star did an article about him purchasing the Craycroft Commons in Midtown. And that was a senior citizen complex where he raised the rent well above 50%. And these are senior citizens displacing them in a housing crisis um, on fixed incomes with nowhere to go. So when I started looking at that, yeah, looking into the the loose regulations that are causing these huge spikes in rents that we've seen over the last several, several years, and especially in the last couple of years.
0: So is, is this just a simple supply and demand issue, or are there other forces at play here?
4: Yeah, it, supply and demand, there's lots of inventory, but not enough affordable housing being built.
0: You spoke with City of Tucson council member, Steve Kozacek, whose district covers much of central Tucson for the story. Let's hear a clip where he summarizes one big issue for rental properties.
2: We have virtually no local investors who are putting money into our housing stock and upgrading them. These are all out of state people. They're real estate investment trusts. They're people who are just simply pooling money together without any attachment to the local people. They're putting a little bit of money into them jacking the rents up, refinancing based on the new rents, and taking that money that they get in the refi and putting it into another, another project.
4: The city will say um, that there's, there's many, many reasons. There's many obstacles that they're facing, those being land costs, supply chain issues, um, zoning laws, and competition for developers statewide. So
0: what is it that cities, towns, counties um, are doing or have done uh, to try and help people who can't afford their rent at this point?
4: Well, there are federally funded um, uh, programs like Section 8. The VA has, has their own program, too, to help people out with rental assistance. But the problem with that is the vouchers are not enough money to cover these costs, plus... Landlords don't want to work with those programs because um, they complain about uh, federal bureaucracy and slow rollouts of payments. Um, And plus just they can get more money, so they proceed with evictions. And you can see in the story of the Monterey Garden Apartments where this couple um, were accepted. They couldn't come up with the funds to pay their rent and the Tucson Eviction Prevention Program, which is another um, resource for people, um, they were ready to pay their rent, the back rent, and three months' rent in advance. But the the property owners proceeded with an eviction anyways. And this has been happening a lot, like displacing a lot of families who have incomes. But they just can't afford to pay the, the prices that people are paying.
0: Here's another clip from your story, this time featuring that couple. Their names are Laura and Nick. We hear from Laura first. It's just, I'm just so focused right now on trying to, to make it work and emailing these people. And it's so frustrating because- You have an eviction on your record uh, through, within the first two years
4: that they, they won't no place will take you.
0: No place. There are people that do have challenges in life that do throw a curveball and they have no choice and they end up in a predicament like this. And you went and looked and made a lot of phone calls to apartment complexes, rental homes that take Section 8. They all have waiting lists. So even if they do accept them and the amount is right, there's no inventory, there's no place to go.
4: Right. And the, the actually HUD, um, they, they've actually upped the amount that they're offering to landlords. Um, but they're at the maximum. But when they increase the amount of funds that they can allocate for Section 8 vouchers, it actually limits the amount of people that they can help.
0: So what do people do beyond turning to the government for help, but as you've said, that doesn't always help? So what else can they do?
4: Well, this is a really good question, right? And I think it's pretty clear when you see the rise of evictions, homeless shelters at capacity, and the rise in homeless numbers because there is very little that people can do. There are organizations like the Tucson Tenants Union that people are finding some empowerment through. This should
2: be a problem that we're all facing together. Yes, because ma'am. if you're not in the one. process
0: right now of either being evicted or your rent's being increased, you're going to be. Yeah, you're going to be. Yeah.
4: Because if it's not happening to you, it's happening to your nana. As well as places like the Casa Maria Soup Kitchen um, in South... Tucson who've been there for 40 years and they all say it themselves, they shouldn't have to exist. and they're very tired. you know, they're busier than ever trying to meet the needs of people right now.
0: That was AZPM producer Kochne Simone. Her story, Housing Crisis: A Microcosm, aired on Arizona Illustrated on our sister channel, PBS 6. You can watch it now on our YouTube channel or on this episode's show page. And that's The Buzz for this week. Tune in next week as we hear how the winter solstice plays into traditions from around the world. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Zach Ziegler is our producer with production help from Samantha Larned. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer, and our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening.
4: Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.